We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, what a beautiful day. What a gorgeous Friday. Hey, if you're driving on Sheridan Drive uh, westbound and you're going to get on the 290 from the right-hand lane, you're going to have to move over to the left-hand lane because for the second straight day, they're doing something with the pavement right before the on-ramp at Sheridan Drive to take you to the 290 heading in the westbound direction. So everybody scrunches uh, at the last minute to try to get in. And uh, I've had nice people let me in. I've let people in. But it's been two days, and it's a cluster. And you know it's a cluster because about mm, a mile and a half back on Sheridan, you know the traffic is a little more bunched up than it usually is at certain times of the day. So uh, just a little driving note there. Not, nothing major, nothing huge, nothing horribly heinous, but it is what it is. Uh, thanks to David Bellavia for the uh, fine introduction and compliments uh, that he gave as he was signing off for today. But uh, David was being a little bit disingenuous with you when he said four consecutive hours of work no 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 if you break down all the breaks and and everything else it actually amounts to uh, 47 seconds a day if if we want to be really honest but david thank you for the uh thank you for the props i appreciate it very much i appreciate them very much and to show you david how much i appreciate your props at some point in the not too distant future i am so going to rip off the topic you ended with yesterday about misheard song lyrics. Misheard song lyrics. I want to do that. I've done it before. Um, David, I'm quite sure, came up with that topic independently because, you know, there's only so many things you can do and and talk about. And misheard song lyrics, they'll pop up every now and again on Google News Feed. But I'm going to steal that, David, at some point in the not-too-distant future. Um, But think of it as... Think of it as a compliment, imitation being the best form of flattery. And again, Jimi Hendrix, excuse me while I kiss the sky. So many people thought it was, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Now, that was in the 1960s. And, you know, as a gentleman of African-American and many other uh, ethnicities' descent, uh, it was not a real popular position to take back in the 1960s. The other one was, I think we mentioned this yesterday, Creedence Clearwater Revival and uh, Bad Moon on the Rise, and how many people hear that as Bathroom on the Right. It's amazing. And there's some Billy Joel songs, too where you would think the lyrics are pretty self-explanatory, but then you go back and you realize, I've been singing, I've been singing the wrong lyrics for years. Piano Man came out when I was um, a young boy, okay? And there's a line in there, which is, making love to his tonic and gin. And when I was a kid, listening to that song by Billy Joel, I always thought Billy Joel was saying, making love to his tonican gin. I thought it was a woman. 
and I could never figure out what a tonican was because it wasn't in any dictionary I looked up. I thought it might be Yiddish. No, it's not. But tonic and gin, I thought it was tonic and gin, some chick named Ginny who went by gin. So there's a million of them out there. And the only problem is David is a lot more hip when it comes to the more recent music than am I. So I'm going to need Josh to maybe help out when we rip David. I mean, when we uh, do that program of my own uh, thinking and creativity. How's that? Now, uh, a couple of quick notes here uh, before we get into the the, uh, gist of everything. Um, I, as you well know, around Halloween, I really enjoy doing uh, shows on ghosts. Now, as I read the calendar, uh, this is the 14th of October, and there are two more Fridays before Halloween, the 21st and the 28th of October. Now, here is the problem. And I, I tell you guys, I never know what I'm going to do, sometimes until I'm driving in. Sometimes I, I sit down at the table and I'm like, all right, I'll do that topic today because I come with a full quiver. I got a bag full of stuff from over the years. Now, my problem here is I'm worried that if I wait until Friday the, 30, uh, Friday the 28th of October, that some big news story is going to happen and one of your favorite topics gets blown out of the water. However, Halloween is on the 31st of October. And unless, uh, well, here's the problem with that. Guess who was summoned to jury duty on October 31st? your humble host. And I have no idea what my schedule is going to be the week of Halloween. And I've already gotten one medical exemption, and I probably will not be getting another one, at least for that time period. So I just want you to know, I've been thinking about doing the full four-hour ghost show. Don't know when it's going to happen, but I like it as much as you guys like it. And it, it's, it must be done. It must be accomplished. But I, I hesitate to give you a date. I'll try to give you as much notice as I can on Facebook. Ah, the other thing is, I forgot my ham and Swiss cheese sandwich for lunch. I'm very depressed about that, quite frankly. But somehow I think I can manage to work my way through that kind of adversity. But we ended the show yesterday. We, we uh, talked about divorce, breakup, uh, family court. Uh, child support, visitation, and cell phone privacy. And I talked uh, about the fact that uh, I did some serious research during the <laughs> during the two o'clock hour, during one of the breaks, about the um, romance and cell phone privacy or privacy, if uh, if you prefer it that way. And as I told you yesterday, there are two schools of thought. Very, And we heard both of these schools of thought expressed yesterday on this program. The first school of thought is if your partner locks the cell phone, you can rest assured there is something going on that he or she does not want you to know about that would probably bother you. I think that is the case the like 99.9999% of the time, okay? I think it's, honestly, I think it is sketchy to do that. Now, the other school of thought says, and I understand where this school of thought is coming from, that, look, even in a marriage, you have to have some privacy. And a cell phone 
is really nothing more than an electronic extension of a fellow's basement bar or man cave, something like that. And it must never be disturbed by a woman. Ah, there's nothing on there in which she'd be interested in anyway. And how dare you even think of picking up his cell phone? But we did hear from some folks yesterday who received some very unwelcome relationship surprises based on the cell phone. Now, do you believe in synchronicity? I was looking through Josh's cell phone yesterday. No, this is a true story. And it, it blew my mind when I was driving home yesterday. I couldn't wait to get on the air today and talk to you about it. Usually when I'm driving home, I like to listen to stand-up comedy. It relaxes me. It's a good thing. And I am telling you the absolute truth. I turn on this comedy station, okay? There is a woman, and I can't remember her name. It's not Eliza. Um, but the, the comedy bit was called Women Go Crazy in Relationships. And this woman does this bit about how she snoops through her boyfriend's phone and how she doesn't say anything about what she sees at the time she sees it. She just holds it in the vault, the female vault. And then at the most unexpected moment, she will spew all of her illicitly gained intelligence over the guy she is dating with the phone through which she snooped. That is the bit that I heard right after the show on that very topic yesterday. Oh, but it gets better. You ever heard of a comedian named Big J Okerson? He's a funny guy. He's also big. He, he's Big J Okerson, big dude. So I thought to myself, getting ready to uh, go out last night. You know what? I've heard uh, this guy. I'd like to hear a little bit more uh, of what he does for his comedic routine. And I went to YouTube and I looked up Big J Okerson, found a 15-minute video. I thought, great, that's about how long it's going to take me to get ready, so let me crank it on. The very first bit he does is a story about how he was cheating and how he got busted by his cell phone. And the worst possible thing happened to Big J Okerson. The woman who was his steady girlfriend called the woman who was, as he put it, his uh, side piece. They talked for an hour on the phone while Big J Okerson was asleep because they had seen phone calls and text messages from the other person. And the conversation started out, Hi, who is this? And the woman on the other end said, This is Jay Okerson's girlfriend. And then the woman who made the call said, Well, no, I am Jay Okerson's girlfriend. And the culmination of the story was there were naked pictures involved in one of the relationships. So, what one of the women presumably did is they went to Craigslist. Back in the old days, I guess, where people posted all kinds of uh, interesting wants and needs that they had. And they put up a fake ad, complete with a picture, of Big J. Okerson looking for male-on-male contact. So it was just, to me, it was just, it was just an amazing um, uh, synchronicity. Like, how, how weird. We do that topic 
first thing I hear going home, totally spontaneously, is this female comedian doing a great bit on snooping through her boyfriend's cell phone. And then I get home and I listen to Big Jay Okerson live in uh, Texas somewhere doing a bit from the other end. It was just like, wow, that really must that really must have been a good topic. Did you think so, Mr. Josh? That was about the most half-hearted thing I've ever seen. By the way, uh, kudos to the Buffalo Sabres. They won 4-1 to last night. Uh, so good job and a good start for the home opener. Very happy to see those two young teams competing. Uh, much ceremony uh, before the game, taking us back to a very horrible day in May of this year. But kudos to the Buffalo Sabres for pulling out a win. Now, uh, yesterday I told you about my little uh, my little bag. I'm like Santa Claus, okay? Except Santa Claus has a big sack. I have a little sack. Um, it's just a standard briefcase size. Uh, one of the things I've been dying to do is a show on something else of which I know absolutely nothing. And the show is about hunting. Hunting! Now, this is the first part of today's program, but hunting stories are in the news already. There was a horrible story about a hunting accident where a teenage boy ended up dead. I think his uncle shot him. And then this morning... On Google News Feed, I came across the story of a guy who was charged, faces criminal charges for baiting bear with donuts. Did you see that story too, Jay? Yeah, you're nodding your head. There, There is a guy, I, I don't know, I, I would have no idea that, that it's illegal to bait a bear with donuts. To me, I'm thinking, it doesn't really make much difference to the bear, does it? Because the bear is probably going to end up getting shot. I'm not sure how well bears can smell, especially because bears themselves, if you've ever been up close and personal with a bear, and I have been, I fed a baby bear from a baby bottle. It literally, it scarfed down the whole bottle in like 10 seconds or less. But the thing I remember the most about that is, damn, this thing smells horrible. So how bear can smell donuts through their own stink is beyond me. But those stories were in the news. Now, I would say, I'm not sure how many of my friends are hunters. A few. A few of them are definitely hunters. But I would wager that a majority of the listening audience to this program, you are hunters, right? And I'm kind of curious about your lifestyle. Now, here's what's a little bit strange. The New York gun laws are still in effect, the ones that went into effect on September 1st because there's legal wrangling going on. And one of those laws says that you must have a, let's see, locked, waterproof steel container for your firearms bolted to the floor of your vehicle if you are going to leave the vehicle and maybe stop and get a cup of coffee on the way out to hunt or relieve yourself in a bathroom and wash your hands before you hunt. I don't know how that's going to play out this year. I really don't. It's it's a legal mess. Paul Cambria thinks it's going to go to the United States Supreme Court. 
Um, I don't think Max Tresman believes that is going to be the case, but uh, we shall see. But were you is is hunting a family tradition to you? To most people with whom I've spoken over the years, it is something they did from under the tutelage of their dad, and their dad learned it from his dad. And so on and so forth. It is a family thing. It is a family sport. To be honest with you, I have not talked with many people at all who have said, well, you know what? I'm the first person in my family to take up hunting. It seems like it's a familial thing. It's almost like it's in the DNA. So there are people, as you know, who are absolutely dead set against hunting. Hunting. Now, I am not one of those people, even though I do not hunt and I will never hunt because I just don't have it in me to kill an animal. Now, I've told you this before. I'm not a vegetarian. I employ hitmen to to murder my animals that I'm going to eat, okay? I like to sit on the sidelines, let the other guys get their hands dirty, and I enjoy the chicken filet, basically. So... I basically hire assassins to get my meat. You eliminate the middleman, and you get it yourself. But I personally, I can't do it. But look, I'm the guy, if there's a big spider in my house, I trap it in a glass, and I let him outside, or I let him out in the basement, thinking, a lot of bugs down there, go to it, knock yourself out, just don't crawl on my face when I'm sleeping. But hunting, what do you hunt? How do you hunt? Do you bow hunt? Do you have a favorite weapon with which you hunt? Like a Thompson submachine gun. Well, not since 1934, but I wonder. What is it about hunting? I want to know. And I used to work with somebody who, I'm I'm never going to name this person, literally rooted for hunting accidents, literally rooted for human beings to end up seriously injured or dead instead of the deer they were stalking. Yeah, that is nobody I would ever burn publicly or even privately. But what is it about hunting? People get very emotional about it. Remember the uh, documentary from many years ago, The Guns of October? Not to be confused with the guns of August, different thing. But basically, that did not put hunting in a very uh, good light. Uh, Let me give you the phone numbers, hunters, non-hunters alike, bow, firearm, uh, 803-0930, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBEN, 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Had to get my second CAT scan done today in the last three weeks. Turns out I actually am a cat. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 
Yeah, no bathroom on the right here, but there is a bathroom about a half a mile down the hall if uh, you're so inclined. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. So, my question to you, and this is one of those things, again, like, like yesterday, I've had it in the quiver, and I've wanted to do it. I've been wanting to do it, and today just seems like the ideal day to do it because horrible story of a kid being killed by a family member in a horrific hunting accident. And then the story from the Adirondacks uh, where black bear season is underway. A guy got caught trying to um, attract bear to where he was positioned uh, using donuts as, as bait. I mean... He could have gotten a bear. He could have gotten 28 fat guys. It's really, I mean, it could have gone either way. But uh, there are all sorts. Uh, you, you guys and ladies who are hunters. By the way, female hunters. Do we have any female hunters in the audience? And how did you get into it? And what exactly is it that you hunt? Uh, everybody's got a creature of, of preference they like to hunt. I mean, when, when I mention the word hunting, I think most of you immediately think about deer because you know, deer, it just it's part of the American cultural treasure chest, deer hunting. But you've also got black bear season. Now, I will ask a stupid question. Maybe Josh knows the answer because he's a country boy. He's actually wearing camo right now. It doesn't work because I can see him. Um, so that's not real good camo. I hook you up with some better stuff there, Josh. But do people eat bear meat? They do eat bear meat, really. I, I, you know, the damn thing smells so bad. I don't think I could ever get it down my gullet, Josh. It's really, really tough. Like it's, and it's if you don't cook it right, it tastes really gamey as well. Oh, but great. It's. I mean, a bear is just kind of like one of those trophies where it's more of like, look at this gigantic thing. You know, it's not, I mean, people do eat the meat, like I said, but it's more of like a stew kind of thing. Uh -huh. Like with deer, you can get nice steaks from it and hamburgers and things like that. But with bear, it's kind of like you got to cook it for a few hours and hope it tastes good. So it's like sauerkraut and ass. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, basically. <laughs> okay, that's uh, fascinating. All right. I, I didn't know people ate bear. Now, are, are, Josh, are, are you a hunter? Oh yeah, and yep. and what do you hunt? Um, everything from squirrels to deer, pretty much. I've, what do you do with the squirrels? Um, well, if you if if you get enough squirrels, you can usually get a little stew going. But they don't have that much meat. That's more of like a nuisance thing. Um, but with things like deer or ducks or geese, like that's more of a that's when you start getting like steaks, jerky, burgers, stuff like that. Okay, now, uh, my dad, when he was in Korea, um, one of the guys from down south saw a goose. Now, I'm not sure what kind of geese they happen to have in South Korea, where he was, but uh, he sneaked up upon the goose and literally wrung its neck, and they um, made some kind of uh, meal out of it. My dad said it was the worst thing he'd ever eaten. I mean, he'd have been better with the army rations. Are, are you going to recommend goose meat? Well, like I said, jerky. Like I like goose jerky. That's really the only thing I've ever had from a goose. Um, duck is more of a, a bird that you'd serve like as a whole bird. It's kind of like a turkey, just smaller. But with with geese, it's a lot. It's it's not like a bear, but you can't really get much out of it except for jerky. 
Um, especially too, like when you know with a duck or a goose, you have to watch out when you're eating it. Some of the pellets from the shotgun shell could be in there as well because you can't always get those out. So Ooh. you have to be reminds careful me of the old those. joke, the punchline of which is "Bad news, Dad! I shot the dog." <laughs> it's it's an old joke. I'm sure people have heard it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I it, it's uh, like with geese. I said it's like it's basically you just take the meat, you put it in a dehydrator, and you let it sit for however long you want, and it's it comes out as pretty good jerky sometimes. It's really salty, though. Okay. Now, because you are into the sport of hunting, do you, do you think it's unfair? Do you, th- do you have an unfair advantage because the deer can't shoot back? No, I, I wouldn't say that because if, I mean, if you do it the traditional way where you're going out, you're sitting in a blind or a deer stand or just sitting under a tree, like if you're in a tree stand or if you're just sitting at a tree – it's a lot harder than you think. I mean, you move wrong or you wear the wrong clothes or you smell different and you're downwind of a deer, you're 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 done. They're already going to know you're there and they're going to go right around you. I mean, they're they might seem stupid, but they're actually really smart. Oh, of course they're smart. They know that certain houses give them peanuts and stuff in the winter time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's and that's another thing with you were talking about the whole bear baiting. You can only I I, I don't remember the exact law but you, I think you can only bait deer with certain things at certain times of the year and in certain areas. You can't, like, like you can't just, like, leave a pile of corn underneath your tree stand because, I mean, that's an unfair advantage. That's the same thing with the bear. You can't bait a bear with certain things because it's just, it's going to come right to you. So that's more of, like, why that's illegal. One, it's an unfair advantage to everyone else, and two, it's not really like letting the animal have a chance i guess if you want to say it that way well let me let me see the animals now see some people like this person i used to work with yeah give the animals an advantage put some landmines out there Uh, there are people who feel that strongly about hunting because they saw bambi now um let me just see i'm trying to read the new york state hunting calendar and you know the situation with my eyes it's very difficult for me to see but um different zones of the state have different days on which hunting for various things commences correct correct yeah and i think there's a certain well in Erie County you can only use certain guns because of how close you are to Buffalo like even though I'm an hour away from the city I still live in Erie County so I can only use um, muzzleloader or shotgun I can't use any sort of long rifle but if I was in Cattaraugus County or uh, Wyoming County I'd be able to use a long gun or a rifle so that's more of like being in the uh, uh, high residential area. Same thing with down near New York City on like Long Island and around the outside of the city. You can only use certain guns um, in those areas, and it's also different times of the year. Um, Yeah, okay. Very. uh, Now, one of the things about first day of deer season around here, I've been, uh, Bulldog and I did a show many years ago um, from Earl's, home of the original fruit jar drinker. Because I was unaware that other places had fruit jar drinkers, but Earl's is no longer a thing. But Route 16, first day of hunting season, was a cluster. It was like being on Route 16 en route to the Maple Festival in Franklinville. It's amazing how many people do it. I mean, Earl's was jammed. 16 was jammed. Are you somebody who takes the first day of hunting season off of work? Yeah, and we actually, um, back in high school, uh, the opening day of deer season was on a Friday in our senior year, so we did our senior skip day. 
on the opening day of deer season. Makes sense. So we all, and then we all got together and we all went out and went hunting in our various areas. And it was, it was a good time. It's, it's a fun, like if you're with the right people who, I mean, I, I know some people who don't necessarily do it the proper way in my opinion, but, um, if you're with the right people, it's a really good time. Now let's see. Uh, you you've used muzzle loaders. Uh, no, I actually use shotgun. My dad does muzzle loading, but I use the shotgun. Now the muzzle loader is only going to give you one shot every thirty seconds, right? If you're fast, yeah. The, Maybe forty five <laughs> seconds. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's uh it's pretty tough to reload those things pretty quickly. So you got to get it in one shot, or you're kind of screwed yeah your chances uh, evaporate okay how about crossbow you ever used a crossbow uh yes but not for hunting i've done target practice with them they're really fun i want to get one for hunting but i think i i have to look at the law i think it's technically considered a muzzle loader so you can use it during muzzle loader season as well because you're loading the, the bow from the muzzle pretty much i i have to tell you shooting a crossbow is something i've always wanted to do along with archery which brings us to bow hunting now our friend frank panasek of the 1791 society he is a big uh, bow hunter uh his facebook profile page shows a very svelte sexy and highly attractive frank panasek drawing the string of his bow he looked like a welsh archer at the battle of eisencourt so uh do you do that? Uh, I've wanted to get into it, um, but it's it's honestly a lot more expensive just because you have to, like, if you lose your arrows, you got to go buy more. And, I mean, with, with, with guns, you're, you're not going to get your bullets back. You know that you're going to be spending money on bullets. But with arrows, you kind of got to, like, search for it and all that stuff if you, if you miss or if, or if you lose it. But they actually do make, um, they call them, knock, uh, I think some of them are called, like, knock-ons or something like that. It's, it's the end of the arrow that goes into the string. When you shoot it, a light gets activated, and if it goes in the ground, if you're looking for it at night, you see that little light in the ground. And some of them actually have trackers in them now, too. But, of course, you can only hunt 30 minutes before Correct. sunrise, 30 minutes after sunset, right? Correct. But I've had times where, you know, I've had a friend shoot a deer near that sunset time, and, you know, we're, we have to track down the deer, and, yet, and then your adrenaline's going, and then oh, God, I forgot my arrow. Where's my arrow? And then it's dark out, and then you see the light on the ground, and there's your arrow. So it's it's actually quite useful. And I would imagine, and maybe bow hunters can chime in on this, I would imagine that different arrows, um, are, you've got better quality arrows. For example, the shuttlecock used in badminton. You'd be surprised how many shuttlecocks get eaten up in a badminton match or a tournament. Uh, they're very expensive, and there are really high-end shuttlecocks. And you'll notice when people are playing badminton um, that they will uh, straighten out the feathers because it affects the aerodynamics of the shuttlecock. It's very intricate, more, more so than you might think. And I, I would imagine it's the same thing with bow hunting. Some arrows are the cream of the crop of, of arrows, and some are, like, you know, early bird specials. Right. Yeah. That's where I was go back to the whole money thing I said before. It's a, it's a lot more expensive. If you buy the top of the line stuff, it's a lot of expenses. It's a lot of tuning the bow to you. Whereas with a gun, it's, it's pretty easy to get a gun set up for yourself. You know, you set the scope how you want. You set the, if the, if you have a fancy stock, you can set that how you want it and all that. But with a, with a bow, you got to get your draw length. You got to get your poundage. You have to get the arrows you like. You have to get the sights you like. Um, and there's even different arrow heads as well, like different types of broad heads. 
um, ones that open up as they go in and or and they can't come these out. Are, these are assault arrows. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like hollow point arrows <laughs> is what you're telling us. Pretty much, yeah. That None of them are obviously like hollow points or anything like that, but they do have like different types of arrowheads that do different things pretty much. And, and they all have like different purposes and things like that. Now, Josh, uh, talking with Josh Schmidt here because he is a hunter. I am not. I love target shooting, but I – just, I'm just telling you the truth, and I look. I, I I've mentioned this before. I hope you're not going to deduct too many more points off of my man card, but I will tell you, I do not have it in me to shoot an animal. I don't have it in me to shoot a deer. Now, if we get hit by the zombie apocalypse and everybody has to be fed, well, then I suppose uh, hunger would be the mother of necessity, uh, and necessity would cause me to do that. But like I said, I, I I'm. I basically use Hitman for my meat, and I eat a lot less meat than uh, I used to. I try to be about 70% vegetarian, which in some people's eyes makes me uh, of questionable orientation. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, but I, I want to hear about you and hunting. And by the way, if, if you bag an animal, do you put its head on the wall? It freaks me out a little bit, and I'm not anti-hunting. Because to be anti-hunting, I would have to be all vegetarian. So since I'm not all vegetarian, I cannot logically be anti-hunting because it's the same thing. An animal is dying so that you may eat. But it does freak me out a little bit to walk into somebody's family room and see all these dead deer looking at me. I, I would feel guilty. Like, I killed you. It's like, it's like, sir, like Jeffrey Dahmer stuff. I mean... I'm exaggerating. Josh, do you do you uh, save the heads? Yeah, I have. Well, only on the big bucks. My dad has two, and I have one. Uh, the one that I have was the biggest deer I've ever shot. It was the first deer I ever shot. So, And nothing's compared to it since, which everyone told me that's how it's going to happen. Um, but I actually have a European-style mount. If you've ever seen a European-style, it's— I, I don't know what that is. That is where you put the, you put the head in a— tank of beetles and they eat all the skin and fur off until it's down to just the skull and the antlers and then you mount that on however you want to mount it and then you hang it on the wall oh that sounds more like a southwest usa mount well it it has different names but yeah um it's it's i i like it better than a like a the actual like head with the neck and all that but i i like it better with just the skull i think it looks cooler it looks it looks more badass. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, oh yeah. My yeah. dad has one of those, and then one of the regular ones as well. The, you got me. At, uh, you put it into a tank of beetles. Um, that that got <laughs> me a little bit. Just saying. Oh, you're right. You choking? I know the Heimlich maneuver. No, we're good. Sorry, I got that. first aid down pretty well. Um, all right, there he is, Josh Schmidt. Uh, excellent contribution to the show. We may call on Josh from time to time during today's program because I, I want basically, guys, if you're just joining us, I uh, want to find out. First of all, real simple question, do you hunt? Are you a hunter or are you somebody who cringes and who gets sick if you're driving behind a car coming from hunting country and it's got this big bloody deer carcass on it? We uh, lived next door to a guy um, in my childhood. And they had property down in, uh, I think it was Farmersville or Friendship, one of those places. And it was good hunting. And this guy, every single deer season, he would come home with a dead deer strapped to his vehicle. And, of course, I think he did his own butchering, actually, um, which saves money. 
Uh, he was apparently quite adept at it. His name was Elmer, not Elmer Fudd, but it was it was Elmer. But he was a nice guy, but he was a tremendous, tremendous hunter. Do you hunt? Um, if you hunt, exactly what do you hunt? What do you use when you hunt? What's the most fun? How, how would you describe the joy uh, and the adventure and the outdoorsmanship of hunting? And you know who was a real big hunter? He still may be, but former Bills quarterback Jim Kelly. And Jim Kelly would take his crew out into the woods Every It might have been opening day, but I'm not 100% on that. It's been a while. But he named his son Hunter Kelly because he was such a fan of hunting. At least that's the way the story goes. Unfortunately, Hunter uh, was the victim of a terrible genetic illness. He got much love in his life, Much um, did a lot of good for other people despite his condition. But unfortunately, uh, Hunter... Uh, as expected, did not make it. But he, again, in his short life, he received a lot of love, and he did a lot for other people, even though he might not have been fully cognizant of what he was doing in raising awareness and uh, raising money uh, as hunters hope. So let me give you the phone number. Um, 305 would be a good time to call, just to minimize your wait time on hold. I tell you guys this every day, but... Being on hold is one of my least favorite things in the entire universe, and I kind of believe that's a universal. So I like to let you know, good time to call, bad time to call. So 305 would be a real good time to call. Talking about hunting, and I don't think I've ever done this, but it's been waiting. It's been waiting to be done. And like Josh, there are many of you, first day of shotgun season in particular, you take off from work. And I'm not exaggerating, folks. I'm not exaggerating. If you're up and about at 4 o'clock in the morning on the opening day of deer season and you're on Route 16, you get off, take the 400, you get off on Route 16 and you're driving down, you're going through Holland and all those places, it is a traffic jam, almost. Obviously, the earlier you go, the less jammed it is. But I was, because I'm not a hunter, I was amazed when Bulldog and I did that show at Earl's on the first day of shotgun season at the volume of traffic. And I thought, how are all these guys and ladies going to find a place to set up without getting in each other's way? Just just curious. And, oh, do we have any women hunters in the Bowerly audience? I, I know we do. Uh, and and how, how did you get into it? I mean, maybe one of the reasons I never got into it was because I was never introduced to it by my father. Uh, but I wasn't introduced to a lot of stuff by my father, like basic home repairs. I'm a complete and total moron. Um, and I am, I'm not somebody who's going to do it himself. All right, guys, I need to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to get to your telephone calls on hunting. I've got one other question for you I'll whip out following the news. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.